All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. We are continuing the CEO Mindset Series. Today, we're talking about being the leader, ambassador, the face of your office. You need to hear this. You need to create that alter ego. Be the best you possibly can be. A little office talk. We had some doozies of patience. We got through it. Listen how. And then we have the closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, this is the ultimate OD podcast. We are doing the CEO mindset. We've been going through uh, step by step what it means to be the CEO of your practice. That means you're not working in the office, you're working on the office. I started this series mainly because everyone told me I needed to be the CEO of my, my office and that I needed to work on it. And I had no clue what that meant. If you look at the past four five, six episodes that we've done on this, look at the titles. They say CEO mindset. It will break down what you are supposed to be doing. Broad overview. As a CEO of your office, 40% of your time is spent thinking about the future. This is 10 years down the road. Okay. 10 to 15. Literally, that's what 40% of your time is. Um, 30% is, you know, your three to five year plan. 15% is the details to get the, you know, three to five year done that you you can function. And the other 15% is making sure you are the best doctor, husband, father, wife, mother, whatever you are, being the best you can be. And that is what it means to be the CEO of your office. We then broke down strategy, numbers, um, just look at the look at the headlines. We have a bunch of stuff. Today we are talking about being the leader, the ambassador, the face of your office. Before I get into it, I kind of just want to start. And when I graduated in 2011, it is man a long time ago now. Um, I inherently knew this. I knew that everything I did, people were watching. Okay, when you're the doctor of a business, you're the owner of a business, people are looking to you to see how you act. Now, I knew that they were watching and I was aware of it, but I didn't know what that meant. So honestly, I came back home uh, and I'm back in my hometown 10 years later and some of my friends' parents are now my patients. Some of the people I grew up with are coming to see me, all of this, and it's a lot of pressure in your mind or I put it on myself and... I didn't know how to act. They're like, "Hey, can I go out uh, to the like uh, the local you know brewery and have a drink? Um, can I go to the store in a sleeveless shirt and shorts and you know because I'm having a barbecue with my friends, or do I have to always look like Doctor Lily? And I've created a little bit of a there's Doctor Lily and then there's Nick myself, right? Very few people know Nick. A lot of people know Doctor Lily, but I've gotten more and more comfortable with my skin. It's been a process. Okay. Um, one of the best things that I've learned and done was I got out of Allendale to live and realized that it was a relief to be able to go to Meyer, go to the store and not have to see every single one of my patients where I went. Um, 
again, as I've gotten better, got more mature, I've gotten more used to that. And again, I'm going to outline kind of what this means, what you should be doing, how you manage this. And there's a lot of tips and tricks, and I'm going to get into that right now. Okay, so that being said, Jay-Z said it best. He goes, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman, right? We are the business. We are what people come to see. You built this. You're the reason it works. At some point, at a certain point in time, it was just you, okay? Now, I don't know how big you are now. If you're starting cold, it's still just you. If you're 10 years in like myself, um, it's pretty much still just me, but I'm getting to that point of expanding where I'm going to have multiple doctors. I am setting the tone of the business. What do we do from policies to procedures, hiring, firing? I've set the tone, but now we have other people providing care and there's more than just me. But at the end of the day, me, you, the owner, the original doctor, you are the focal point. Okay. You're what everyone sees and thinks the office is. Okay. And you need to embrace that. Get out, go out into the town, be visible. Okay. Be seen. So, you know, going out to eat once a, once a week, once a month, whatever, the more frequently you do that, get out there, be seen, say hi to people, be visible, be vibrant, be extroverted. Okay. Um, when I worked in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Martin Carroll, best doctor I've ever worked with, the smartest man in terms of business and, you know, as an optometrist, he is legit, but uh, I go out to eat with him and his wife and half the time he wasn't at the table with us. He was walking around, uh, shaking people's hands, just talking, uh, chewing the fat, just had a presence about him. And I'd look at his wife, Claudia, and I'd say, hey, what? He goes, she's like, I can't take him anywhere. We go shopping, we go anywhere. He is constantly talking, being present, being visible, being active. You know, he was on um, like Chamber of Commerce, city you know, volunteer things. He was part of the schools. He was everywhere. And that was, that was very good for a business. Very good for the brand. Okay. Go to basketball games, go to football games, go to music recitals, go to concerts, as many things as you can go to talk to as many administrators, as many people, teachers, whoever, whatever, be visible, be active. Okay. Now do that, go out and realize that the company will be a reflection of you and your persona, all right? Think of Apple. When you think of Apple, you invariably think of Steve Jobs. And whether you love him or you hate him, you know Steve Jobs was an innovator. He was, like, pushing the forefront. He was on every little detail. You've heard the stories where at one point um, he was looking at his phone. He called his director of you know, I think it was marketing or some, I don't, one of his head guys on a Sunday and said, this is an emergency. The guy didn't answer his phone, called him as soon as he was done because they had church. As soon as he got done with church, called him back and said, Hey, Steve, what, what can I do for you? I was at church and Steve, you know, laughed and said, if you're at church and the caller ID doesn't say God, you probably shouldn't answer. But after that, I'm glad you gave me a call back. He goes, well, I've been looking at my at the new phone that's about to go out, and when you look at Google, the O, the yellow, doesn't look to be the same hue that I want it to be, so we're going to work on that. I, I have a team ready, and they're working on it. You don't mind, do you? He's like, no. You're just dumbfounded, right? This is on a Sunday. The owner, CEO of the company, 
Apple, not just, you know, Family Vision Optical here, a huge company, and he's worried about the color of the O on his phone, right? Like, details. So that's Apple, and you expect that when you buy an Apple product. It's going to be state-of-the-art, cutting-edge, and the details are going to be amazing, right? Every little nuance is thought of for you, and that's what you love about it. Well, go to um, Beyonce, and if you know Beyonce, she is also known as Sasha Fierce right? Sasha Fierce is her alter ego that she created when she went out on stage and was uh, singing, right? She herself didn't think she was talented enough, didn't think she had the energy, but Sasha Fierce, she had that, right? I bring this up merely because not every one of you is going to love being the face of your office. Not every one of you loves being out and about invisible and outgoing. And I'm, I'm kind of one of these people. I love it, but it can get old after a while, right? You know, you, you're on every day at your office, and then on the weekend, you just want to go out and be yourself. That's why I kind of created that persona. There's Dr. Lily, and there's Nick, right? You have to create that persona if this is not natural you. So when you're out and about, you are working, all right? Even if you're not in the office, if you're going to a basketball game, if you're going out to eat in the town that you live in, that you work, it's with a purpose, right? Create that image, create that alter ego of what you want the world to know who you are. For example, I love, I'm family friendly, I'm involved in the community, and it's all genuine and sincere. That's who I am. But I'm very aware of that when I'm out. Okay. I have in my mind the image I want to portray and that's how I act. Right. And I just act like, oh, I'm Dr. Lily. And some of my friends that are really close to me, if they're with me, they see me change when I'm talking to them. And then someone comes up and I instantly go, you know, more professional. How are you doing? And just keep it, keep it cookie cutter. Right. I'm not saying be fake. All right. You don't need to be fake, but you need to be polished. You need to pre- be pristine. You need to know who you are and what you're good at. Okay. For example, myself. I am very good at being involved in Allendale in the community. I'm from Allendale. I truly, sincerely love the schools. I love the sports. When I go to those things, when I'm involved with them, when I'm talking to teachers and coaches, I'm sincere. But I also want to talk to teachers and coaches and the people of the town that are administrators because I know that helps me as a business. I know it's easy for me to do because I truly care about it, right? I like to be outgoing. So going out and talking to people or, you know, I can wear a lot of different hats. So I can talk to the football coaches. I can talk to the science teachers, talk to the music teachers, anyone and everyone, all ages. I feel like I can have a conversation with them. I can talk to other business owners and I try to take advantage of that every possible way. And I try to talk at their level for what they want. So if I'm talking to football coaches, we're talking about training, you know, how are the kids doing? What's the season looking like? talking to the teachers, you know, how is it getting them motivated? What are you doing to get them engaged? How can I help you? You know, talking to other business owners, what are you guys doing for hiring? Uh, How are you recruiting, keeping staff members happy? Um, What are you doing to maximize profits? This and that. Like I can talk at every single level there and I know who I'm talking to, what I'm doing, and I have that conversation. Now, you know your persona, you know who you want to be. You also need to know your message. Okay, you have to have that elevator speech. So the moment the opportunity arises where something happens, hey, you know, I we do that at the office. Stop in, I can take care of you. Or you know, people know what you do. They're gonna come and say, Hey, my eye's been bothering me, or I need to come in and see you. So many times by being out and about, someone will say, Hey, 
I need to get in and see you. And then that week they make an appointment and they come in. That translates to you being, you know, being out there and being involved gets people into the office. If they say they have, you know, you're talking to football coaches and they're like, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Well, you know, the visual system plays a big role in that. Has, has he got his eyes checked? Do they know what's going on? You know what? I don't, I don't even know. Talking to baseball coaches, right? Um, there's a lot of exercises I can help you with that can help them be better at hitting and stuff. If you, if you want any of the information, just let me know. More than happy to help give you that information, right? When you're talking to teachers, you know, you can talk about if they can't see, then reading, paying attention, they're labeled as ADHD, right? They don't think that they uh, are good students merely because it's a visual thing, right? Hey, has they got their eyes checked? You notice them doing this. Are they squinting a lot? Do they get headaches? Are they avoiding reading or do they not like reading, right? All these conversations come up just because you're talking and taking an active interest. Next thing you know, they're referring patients to you, right? So know the good, what you're, you can do. Have your elevator speech. Be polished. Know your marketing things. Like what do you want to be pushing? What do you do? Get it out there, all right? You also have to know you're bad, all right? Me, personally... I tend to be a loner, okay? So I like to work by myself. I think I'm unemployable by being a private practitioner for the last 10 years. I'm on the Allendale Chamber of Commerce, or I was. I recently turned off. Uh, I'm on a community foundation, and I have to be very aware that if I'm my actual self, you know, who I want to be, I can come across as very competitive, very blunt, almost abrasive. And I don't work well with others, right? I'm very aware of that. So I'm going through and we're having these conversations. And sometimes the people making suggestions or what they're saying is incredibly inefficient, is not anything I would ever do for my office. But I kind of bite my tongue and just go along with it. Try to help and steer them in the right direction. But I'm not going full Nick Lilly, if you know what I mean, for Burberry, full myself like this. I'm Dr. Lilly helping them any way I can trying to advise them things they can do that I think would help the chamber or help them uh, marketing in the community foundation or raise money, get awareness, right? Know your good, know your bad, and use it to your best advantage, all right? Know what you want to talk about and don't, don't be selling all the time, but always be selling, okay? Everything you do, you can go back to, hey, I can help this. We do this at the office. Yeah, I see that a lot. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm more than happy to help out. But don't be a salesman, right? You have to be genuine. You have to be true to yourself, right? If you're not true to yourself, this is never going to work out. You're going to be fake. People aren't going to trust you. They're not going to come and see you. But if you're authentic and you really care, this is a very important aspect to growing your practice. Very important to being the CEO of your office because... Everything starts at the top down. If they see how you're carrying yourself, they're going to assume you're going to do the same thing at your office. If they see you being sloppy or abrasive or not really truly living the values that you preach or that you're marketing to people, they're not going to trust you. They're going to think you're a snake oil salesman, right? So this is one of the most important things you can do to grow your office, to lead your team. But it's also one of the hardest because you have to be true to yourself and that can sometimes come not so naturally. You're going against what you naturally do, thus the alter egos, thus creating that persona. So again, that's a lot. At the end of the day, just know this. They're buying you. What are you selling and who are you? 
be the Michael Jordan of your business. If you think about Jordan Brand, everyone buys the Jordan shoes, the Jordan Brand, because at the end of the day, he was the go, he was the greatest ever, right? We all want to be a part of that. If they see you living your best life, being the best person you possibly can be, people want to work with that person. People want to be around you. You're going to grow your office. You're going to lead your team. You're going to have a better environment for everyone involved. That's what I got. We'll have more for you next week. All right, a little office talk. So this was a week of the past two weeks of challenge, okay? I don't care how good you are, you're going to have weeks like this. And my week was interesting. We had the most, I want to say, difficult week we've had in a while. And I can't put my finger on why. I don't know what. But I'm going to walk you through it and kind of what my perspective is on it. So we had someone uh, that we called. We always like to find out what insurance they have. And we like to verify it ahead of time. Because sometimes they come in and they just say, you know, this is what I have, or they give you like, I have vision insurance. And if they don't give us information, you can't verify it. Next thing you know, they leave, they pay for glasses. They come back and like, Oh, we have this vision insurance. And you're trying to back bill it makes things a headache. We had a patient that had uh, said she had vision insurance. Like, okay, let us know. Two weeks later, she hasn't called and let us know. We called her the day before exam and bad connection. whatnot. Like literally not our fault. Uh, I listened to my staff member because I just overheard it. And she called once and apparently the patient disconnected. Or she called back and she said, we called, you called me three times, you hung up three times. I'm at work. I can't deal with this. Was just pissed off. She's like, who's your supervisor? I need to talk to your supervisor. And my staff member was like, oh, you know, tried to like, no, it was, but says, okay. So she went, got the office manager, kind of gave her the rundown. You know, that took a little bit to get, you know, just grab the office manager who's doing other things, fill her in on the details and get her on the phone. And then she was pissed off because like, hey, it took 10 minutes for you to get on the phone with me. This and that. This is, you know, just essentially angry on the phone. Like, oh, great. This is going to be an awesome, awesome person to come in. So that happened. She came in on Friday. She was nice. Everything worked out. We were good. I'll explain more on that. Uh, Another patient this week, we had a patient come in and she got two pairs of glasses. Uh, Last year, she had a progressive non-adapt. We made it a pair of computer glasses. She loved the computer glasses, came in this year and wanted a pair of reading glasses. So it was a little bit closer. Got her dialed in. She came in, picked up the glasses and you know, I'm not in there, but she's dispensing. I'm kind of overhearing and she's like, I can't read this. I hold it here. These are supposed to be better. I can't read it. You know, my staff member's like, Hey, take a look. Um, here, try a different material and just couldn't read it and said, just take it home, see if you adapt and we'll kind of go from there, which is odd. They told me, fill me in. And I kind of look, I go, let me look into this. And essentially my optician put in the distance RX, not the reading RX. I'm like, call her up, let her know. Uh, they put in the wrong prescription. We'll fix it, get it done. But again, just makes us look bad. I'm, I'm annoyed what's going on. Okay, those two things in the same week. Also, we have a man come in. And I again, I don't see any of these headaches because I'm seeing patients. And I get it. He's at the end and my office manager comes in and she goes, it's not going well. I'm like, what's what's not going well? And essentially, he came in. He got his glasses, loved his lenses, saw well, had a Ray-Ban frame. And you know if they're not edged perfectly, you press on the, the frame the right around the uh, 
top of the frame, bottom frame, where it goes around the lens, it might make a little a squeak, has a little play in it. The lens isn't going anywhere, but it's just not edged perfectly, right? So he came in. We're like, okay, we'll we'll get them remade. Definitely can do that. Brought in his old glasses. Uh, came back in to pick them up after we had them re-edged. He's like, you guys switched the frame on me. And we're like, oh, what? Uh, no, you switched the frame on me. It has all this writing on the inside. And I'm looking at the, I'm like, this is not the same frame. We didn't, we didn't switch frames on you. It's, I can bring you the old lenses. They only fit this frame. He's like, well, I had a Ray-Ban frame. What's, what's this? I go, well, that right, all the writing on the inside of the temple that you're talking about that says Ray-Ban. And he just, yeah, well, whatever. We'll, we'll hope it works. I just don't want to come back here again. Uh, and I think he meant to like, you'll come back in to get him picked up again. But I'm like, you know what? Do you want to pick out a new frame? If you don't like the frame, man, I'll we'll work with you. Pick a new frame and just hard to work with. I'm like, what is going on? What's in the water? Why are these patients coming at us? Right? It's it's crazy. And then another patient, uh, last patient. This this all happened in the course of a week, literally a week. And I don't know why or what, but of course this happens in bunches. And she came in and she's a minus six fifty, and we set the OC height. And she can see great, everything's good. But when she looks down, her eyes were towards the top of the lens. She looks down, she's like, it's a little distorted. I'm like, well, you have a higher prescription. It's going to be a little distorted when you look off axis. Take it for a week, kind of see if you can adapt. If not, we'll we'll see if there's anything else we can do. So she came back in a week. She's like, nope, still didn't adapt. I'm like, all right. And she then she starts saying, well, that lady was putting the dots on my glasses. She put them so high. Um, I think she just set that completely wrong. I'm like, well, do you know why we're doing that? And obviously she has no idea in optics. You know, minus six, we're trying to set the OC high so we're not ha- inducing prism as she looks down. She's like, well, they've never done that. So I'm like, all right, we'll remake the lenses. And the prescription did not change from roll glasses. And I called the lab. I said, hey, this is the deal. She wants, can we just make this without an OC height? You know, and the lab was talking to me. She's like, yeah, I I don't know why she'd want to do that. We'll see what happens. So she came in, picked up the glasses, and I'm like, hey, you know, worst case, if this doesn't work out, I'll I'll refund you your money. You don't have to pay anything. Don't worry about it. She then comes back with, but I really like the frame. I want them to work. I, I want, I'm like, okay. Well, she comes in and picks up the new frames on the OC height that she set, which again, let the patient, you know, make their own bed. She's like, no, this is worse. Like literally put them on, this is worse. They even try them and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, you know, we, I totally get it. We'll refund your money. And she was like yelling, you know, I walked in because she's like, these are totally worse. I know you're going to tell me to take them home and try them. But I go, nope, no worry. I'm, we're not going to ask you to do that. Just here, we'll, we'll take them back. We'll completely refund your money, this and that. And then she's like, well, you know, can I just pick a different frame? I go, well, another frame is not going to help. You know, she picked a great frame, good size, but we're not going to keep making lenses for her and do that. Completely gave her money back and she was pissed, right? She uh, wrote a, a bad review on Google, etc. And I'm like, that's cool. Red review is honestly quite fair. Um, Hey, you know, my biggest thing was I don't want you to pay for something that's not going to help you. And, you know, we totally refunded your money. Is there anything else we can do? And kind of left it at that. Why do I bring this up? Well, we had our office meeting this week. Thankfully, the meeting came on the week that this all happened. And I basically said, one, we need to make sure we pay attention to details. Our labs, just all labs I've talked to are 
they're delayed. They don't have enough staff. They're making mistakes. I go, they are weak right now, right? We cannot be a reason that things are getting messed up. We can't be putting in the wrong prescriptions. We got to make our OC heights exactly where they need to be. Just back to basics. Let's get down to this. Also, take care of our patients. You know, the better you get, the harder the patients are to take care of because everyone knows you're good and the hard ones come to see you, right? Embrace it. Take care of them. There's nothing we can't handle. And as these things happened, I just kind of pulled them aside and said, guys, uh, that patient that uh, had the insurance one that was pissed us came in and she was actually very nice. We found the insurance. We got her taken care of. She left. She was happy. And I go, that's why we do what we do. We just took care of the patient. We put out all the fires and we're better for it. Just at the end of the day, if you do what's right by the patient, if you follow our process, all the little details, take care of every little nuance, we're going to come out ahead. There's going to be patients that we can't make happy, right? We're going to do everything in our power to make them happy. We'll give them new frames. We'll remake lenses. I don't care what it is. We will bend over backwards to see them, right? To help them out. But they might not be happy if they're mad so be it. Just make sure it's not because of what we're saying. And I always tell them, if we can't say something nice, obviously you got to let me know if there's an issue, but don't say anything at all. Don't talk bad about patients behind their backs. Just take care of the patient and we'll come out ahead. Now, again, it was a rough two weeks, week and a half, but I think we're going to, the tide's going to turn. If I look back too, we had like this month, like 40% new patients. That's awesome. That's great room for growth. But the more new patients you get, the harder they tend to be. Why is that? When you get a new patient, they're coming from someone else. People hate change, right? So if they're changing, they were not happy at where they were. Something set them off for them to leave where they were at. They don't want it to happen again. Their guards are up. Number two, they hate change. Even though they didn't like where they're at, they liked where they were at because they knew what to expect. If we do things a little differently, if we, you know, just as a different experience, they can get mad. They can just feel uncomfortable, right? Know that going in, be as flexible as possible, but know what you stand for and know what you do, right? Eventually, that will work itself out. They're going to keep coming back because let them get better care than at my office. That's my mentality, right? So at the end of the day, make sure that when these challenges come, you don't change who you are because of how a patient is acting, okay? And that means stay true to your culture, stay true to your values, and do what you got to do to make it work out. But at the end of the day, you keep doing things the right way, you'll come out ahead. That's what I tell my staff. That's what I'm telling myself. And again, I got home a couple of nights, didn't want to talk, just want to go for a walk, reprocess, hug my kids, hug my wife, and watch the movie, relax, didn't take it home with me. At the end of the day, you know, end of the week, I feel like I won. We got through it. And these times will make us better. My staff, they all went out to eat as a team this week. Their morale stayed high. When you're getting bombarded with like people are messing up or people are angry, sometimes it's hard to go into the office the next day. Never have that environment. Never have that culture. Do everything you can to build them up. Keep them excited. Keep them coming in and fight through it. You know, find a way to find humor in it, to make it work, or you have all the arrows come at you, not at them, all right? You got to be able to be the leader, be the one that handles it, but get them through this tough patch. Your office will be better for it. That's what I got. We'll have more for you next week.
Where, oh, where did the time go? Where did the closing thought of the episode? Now, this is something that I came across. I modified it for optometry reasons, but I'm really going to read this. I think it's awesome. Um, if you want the original, send me a message and I'll send you the original. But again, this is the one that is not going to make anyone angry out there, but applies to just what we do. All right. Without a competitor, there is no competition. Without competition, there is no victory. Your job is to catch up to the competition, surpass them, become better than them, and return the victor. All right. I don't care if it's the guy down the street. I don't care if it's corporate. I don't care if it's 1-800-CONTACTS. That's your competition. Without them, there would be no reason for you to get up every day and be the best you possibly can be. All right. Don't be afraid of competition. Wake up every morning knowing that you got to go out and you got to eat. You got to be the best you can. You got to make it work. Right. If you start being complacent, you start thinking you made it. You start thinking that. You know, you're not going to be overcome. You're going to get beat. All right. Every day there's someone out there trying to be better than you. That's looking at what's going on in the environment, the world around them and saying, you know what? I'm going to take all this energy, good or bad. I'm going to channel it into this activity and I'm going to make us be the best we can be. And we're going to be the shooting star that comes out of this cloud. We're going to be the one that survives. Be the best. Okay. I think that every day I get up, every day I go into the office. If you're not, someone else is. So that's what I got. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.